0: Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. This is Radio Influence. The future is now. You know her from Network Radio, but now she's on the net and in your head. This is the Fabulous Sports Bay on Radio Influence.
1: Hey, it's me. It's the Babe Cass. You know what's going on. Yes, it's Super Bowl time you know what? This is going to be the end of the Super Bowl. It's going to be the end of football season. But that's a whole other thing to talk about. Oh, can I just tell you a couple of things? We're going to have Chris Landry on. Now, we love Chris Landry. Landryfootball.com. Everything in the world and what he loves is after football. Then he gets to see who's going to get drafted. How much do they like this one? Are they going to get somebody from one of what are those schools that we used to talk about? It's not the FBS. It's the FC. FCS, Football Chugabaga, what's the other thing? It's Football Chugabaga System. I don't know what the hell it means. I don't know what it is, but anyway, he's going to be here and he's going to be good because it's very interesting. After we do the Super Bowl, then he gets into all the stuff that's going to happen, who gets going here, who gets going there, and all that stuff. So that'll be good. And also today, we're going to talk to Brian Edwards. Brian BrianEdwardsSports.com, you get him all the time. He's from the Vegas Insider, which is my most favorite place in the world. You know what I hate now is that everything that I used to know that everybody else knows now Like there were things that people never knew about Vegas Insider. I was doing that years ago, and now everybody knows about it. It's okay, I guess. Anyway, Brian's going to be on with us. You might as well sit down and put on a helmet for this one. Boyfriend and I are talking, and we're like 15 minutes into it, and he goes, are we on the podcast? Well, yeah, Brian, that's what we're doing. Oh, I thought we were bullshitting. Oh, no, we're not. I'm just talking up a storm here. So both of these ought to be ridiculous, okay? So it gives you something to giggle about today. We're going to talk to them because, after all, it's time for Chris, it's time for Brian, and after all, I am the fabulous sports babe. Chris, it's that time, finally. It's now Super Bowl time, and I have to tell you, Chris, I was talking to somebody a couple of weeks ago and I said, look, I love the Patriots more than anything else since I was five years old. Blah, blah, blah. But that team is not going to the Super Bowl. That team just doesn't have the defense. It doesn't have that. Well, I sit here and they're getting ready to do it. And they're four and a a half point favorite. And somehow the Patriots are in it again. And I don't even know how.
2: Well, you know, I think it is something that every year you look at and you figure out, can somebody catch them in their division? Well, the answer to that is no. And then <laughs> you, you had the Steelers that uh, in that uh, probably one of the more uh, infamous games, best games of the year, um, in which uh, the Steelers did not win, maybe in in some respects controversially. Had they won uh, home field advantage, who knows? But the Steelers didn't play well down the stretch. So uh, it, it's, to me, when I look at the Patriots under Belichick, under Brady, the thing that jumps out at me is that, They don't normally beat themselves. And like in most great sporting events, if you are, uh, you limit your mistakes and other people make more mistakes than you, you've got a much better chance of winning. And they, it starts from there. And then if you don't put them away, you've got Tom Brady. They can find a way to come back. They play good situational football. And yeah, you look at them and you think, boy, this is not a dominant team. They're not good enough here. They're not good enough there, but they win. And uh, it's just like this Super Bowl. Uh, you look at it, and I've studied it. Uh, this looks like a Eagle team that has very good chance of matching up. In fact, they match up better in most cases. They're a better line of scrimmage team. But you look at it and you say, "It's Brady, it's Belichick, and killing those guys. Uh, you know, finding a way to beat them. It's it's very very difficult, and that's why they've been champions uh, more often than not."
1: You know, one of the things when we talk about that, let's just talk about Soldier. What's his name next to him? Is that Tinny, the other guy? I can't remember. Yes. Yeah, isn't that funny that I remember that? But they, a lot of people feel they can come in on that side, and you know, that's what Soldier's supposed to do. You're supposed to protect that side over there. Yet they feel like they can come in. I'm talking about the Eagles. What do you think about that?
2: Well, I think that one thing that the teams that have some success and I'm actually working for something on LandryFootball.com just on this, is how do you beat Tom Brady? And it's easier said than done. But the formula, and let's go back to what the Giants did it, and the reason that you beat New England is if you can put pressure on Tom Brady through the A-gap, through the center and the guard gap, up the middle, and have to do it without blitzing. If you can pressure him more than 40% of the time in that 45% range, you've got a good chance. But you've got to do it without blitzing. If you blitz, he'll beat you with the blitz. He'll find the open receiver, and you've got less guys in coverage if you're blitzing. If you can get home with four-man pressures, occasional five-man pressures, and you can play good coverage, then when the ball has to come out and the guy's not open and the pressure is at his feet, that's where he struggles. And if you go back and look at it, look at what, well, last year in the Super Bowl, the Falcons did it for, for a half and were crushing the Patriots. Why did it change? The Falcons did not have enough depth in, pa- in their pass mm-hmm, rushes. They mm-hmm. had two good pass rushers. And in the second half, they couldn't pressure. So the first half, they were at 49% pressure. and the second half, they couldn't even get to 30%. So all of a sudden, Brady's coming back. He's got time. If mm-hmm. you look at it, the Giants and their two Super Bowl wins. I'm going back a little bit, but that's been the formula. Look at the the Broncos in the AFC Championship in 2015. Mm-hmm. Same thing. They got a lot of pressure through through four quarters, and they beat them. Uh, that's what you have to do, and that's going to be the formula. Is I think that the Eagles have an advantage against the Patriots' offensive line. But if they can get there with four and five man pressures and they can cover on the outside and reroute those receivers, that's the formula. But you got to do it for four quarters. The, the Eagles do have enough depth to do that. We'll see if they can.
1: You know what happened? It's funny that you say that because I was a couple of weeks ago. I was writing to a friend of mine and I said, what's going on with the defense? It was a friend in Boston who knows what's going on. And he, he said. There are no athletes in the cupboard that the cupboard is bare there. Now, whatever's happened, they've been doing it right now. But it was interesting that this was, you know, maybe four weeks ago, and he said, the cupboard is bare. And I thought, hmm, but they're in the Super Bowl again.
2: Yeah, well, they they play good situational defense. Like, for example, they don't have great natural pass rushers. But what they do is they've, in the playoffs, manufactured good pressure with a lot of stunts and twists, they get uh, protections misaligned a little bit and they break free and they do a good job creating some pressure and the secondaries, I, I think pretty solid. I think they can match up match patterns very well. And I think they come and they, they come up and tackle well, but I think if you can get the ball out quickly, um, you can make some plays against the secondary. And I think some teams have proven you can do it. Um, but I think the one key is going to be in this game is defending, running the football on the Patriots. I think the Patriots Mm -hmm. are vulnerable against the run. And I think sometimes teams have to abandon the run to try to chase points to match with the Patriots. And I think if you can run the football, if the, the Eagles can do it, that keeps Brady off the field. And it also plays to their strength and the Patriots weakness, which is defending the run for four quarters. Now, can they do that? Well, that depends largely on how well the offense and Nick Foles plays and being able to to score enough points. If they get down, then it's very difficult to stay committed to the run.
1: You know, one of the things, Chris, that I find this, when I look at the Eagles and the whole thing with Folk being there and all that, all I can think about is this guy – who used to play arena football and then got to the Cardinals. And the next thing I know, I got the Cardinals and the Patriots I mean and the Steelers are looking at each other, and I think they it was I think it was twenty seven to twenty three. They ended up winning the game Pittsburgh did. But otherwise all I can think of all I could think of was that coming out of the out of the Cardinals and thinking, how did this guy from arena football get here? And yet he was.
2: You know, and it is – it goes to show you in, in, a, in a week where we learned there's going to be another run at uh, – I don't know if it would be classified as developmental football. But it, it is the proof that the Arena League and the Kurt Warners of the world, Jake DeLones of the world, the quarterback position is a, the ultimate developmental position. And we've got nowhere to develop them. You know, if you don't – if you are a young quarterback in the NFL, how can you get work? The starter gets 80 percent of the snaps. And depending on who the backup is, they'll get the rest of them. The third quarterback, where do you develop them? You don't have true OTAs. You can you can throw a little bit. You can't put the pads on on the offseason. Uh training camp, you're trying to get ready for the season. So where do you develop a young quarterback? Well, you don't. You don't have – people say, well, you take them and you develop them. Well, how? You, you don't really have that opportunity. And I think that – what we've seen even in the arena league, although it's a completely different league is the ability to be able to know how to play the position to read defenses is a big part of it. It is a developed skill. It's like any skill. It's like, you know, I'm sure the first time you did radio or anything, you learn it over time. You get better better. anything sales, whatever. Well, it's no different in football. It's you have to learn a skill and the quarterback position is, is very much developmental because you've got to know everybody's situation and position. And, you know, if you don't have time to develop it, then what we're seeing now is more of what I call just the simplified version, which is easier for the young quarterback to learn, but much easier for opposing defenses to defend.
1: You know, I was thinking, well, that's what I was talking about. Warner, when he came here, I'm thinking this is a guy that used to play in Arena Football League and he's here. But as you said, he's – I mean, you learn from things like that, I guess. But it's just – it's so surprising to see this and you look at folds and he's been I mean didn't he get cut and then picked up by the uh you know by the I mean I think before the beginning of the season but didn't he get cut by somebody in in uh San Francisco LA something like that uh, uh, yeah, yeah yeah he was Help me late, out here Chris he, he
2: was a late he was a late bloomer right and he was a kid that was productive in college at Arizona but you know he was a guy that quite frankly had a great year under Chip Kelly. You know, we forget Chip Kelly. Most people in Philadelphia, I guess, want to forget him, and yeah, uh, and they they look at the success they're having now. But he put together a great system, uh, w- the run-pass option system, where he really flourished, and he had a phenomenal year. Um, now, eventually, that offense, the defense is caught up to it, and and there he went, and he was a backup, and he was a nondescript guy, and nobody. Uh, really counted on right. him because Carson Wentz is the guy. Well, lo and behold, they get into the playoffs. If you remember in the regular season, late in the regular season, uh, Nick Foles is playing against the Raiders. They're playing the Raiders and he is struggling. I mean, it is bad. Mm-hmm. And I can remember it Twitter going ablaze with, oh my God, the, the Eagles will lose first round of the playoffs because yeah. this guy's awful. Well, again, three more weeks of practice. He had a game to prepare for. I put a game plan in for the the Falcons. You remember he struggled the first half against the Falcons. Then they started to run some of that Chip Kelly offense, the RPOs. Mm. And they came back. They won the game against Atlanta. We know what happened in the conference championship game. And all of a sudden, you know, he's he's a guy that everybody's counting on. This is obviously going to be the ultimate test. I know that defensively they'll be very prepared for him they're going to try to take away the run game and and take away some of the short passes. But uh, I think it is a perfect example that we tend to want to analyze a player and whatever he is today, by God, that's what he is. And he's not going to get any better. Well, I can tell you (laughs) that in almost 30 years as a coach and a scout in this league, there's no such thing. You never stay the same. You either get better or you get worse. And this is why oftentimes players, they do get better. Not all of them. But there are other circumstances. How hard of a worker is he? Who's coaching him? Do they have a stability of a system? Or do, they cha- or do they change systems every two years? That has a tremendous impact on the development of a quarterback. So much is, I get asked this around draft time. Hey, is this guy good enough? Is that guy good enough? And the answer is, honest answer is, probably, mm-hmm. but not definitely. Mm-hmm. And you know what the <laughs> probably, probably is? Who's going to coach him? Are they going to have the same system for a while? In essence, I think that the most understood, misunderstood part is how we develop players in this league, particularly at the quarterback spot. And you've just kind of went into it. I mean, Tom Brady was not the same quarterback coming out of Michigan that he is now, not even close to it. So why should we expect somebody to be an immediate success? And when they're an immediate success, why do we automatically assume it's going to continue? Every year is a new year and a new challenge.
1: What do you think about the Eagles in this? I mean, you know, as a person who's always been a fan of the, you know, the Patriots and all that, but I think their defense is going to give them, I mean, they're going to give the Patriots fits the whole time. I just think that the Eagles are going to give them the blues big time in this. I don't think they realize how good that Eagle defense really is.
2: Well, I tell you, one of the things that I think maybe people have, not focused enough on, as they've talked about, the quarterback situation is just what you're saying, how good this Eagles defense is, and it's the depth. You know, you can look at, as I mentioned last year, the Falcons had a pretty good defense, but they did not have depth of pass rushers. I think the Eagles can generate good pass rush for four quarters with a number of guys, so I think they'll play their big nickel look, and I think they'll have um, four- and five-man pressures all night and I think they'll keep fresh legs. And if they can rush the passer for four quarters effectively, they've got a really good chance to beat the Patriots. So I do think they're a tough matchup and it's going to be quite a challenge. I do think the Patriots are going to try to mix things up. I think they're going to run their up-tempo offense and run that outside zone and try to get them, you know, uh, misaligned a little yeah. bit. Uh, I think, you know, listen, if you're looking at this strictly from a pure Football standpoint, a depth personnel standpoint, the Eagles are the better team. But the Patriots have Brady, they have Belichick. That experience is, you know, obviously the big reason the perception is the Patriots are the team to beat. I happen to think it's going to be an outstanding game. All the Patriots games, it seems like, particularly the Super Bowls, are very close.
1: And I and I think I feel the same way about this one too. You know, one of the things that I was thinking about as we're talking about this. I believe the Steelers have six Super Bowl rings. He Brady is looking for a sixth one
2: himself there. Yes. And uh, and this is the if you think about it, you know, you remember this. As a longtime Patriots fan, this is the tenth appearance for the Patriots. We we forget about wow. two other appearances. Remember, they got beaten by the Bears 86. in the eighty-five, and then of course uh, the eighty-six season. Right. The, the eighty-five, 80, and then of course they got beat by the Packers right. in the the Parcells Super Bowl. So they've been there uh, a lot of times now, more times than anybody. And so this this era is the golden era. When you think about Belichick, you think about Brady. Brady certainly just smashed all the records of who's the best ever. It was always, well, Montana's one for it. Well, Brady's now done it and, um, you know, surpassed that last year and obviously is trying to to add to that this year.
1: You know, one of the things as I look at this and and I wonder – do you see running backs that could make a big difference for for the Eagles as opposed to the Patriots side in that? I mean, how do you see that? I especially wonder, we were talking about the running backs before, and I'm thinking to myself, well, the Eagles can hand the ball off, and that's really what you really want going on.
2: Yeah, I think that, that their running game is more of a factor than the Patriots. I mm-hmm. think the Eagles will be very happy to let the Patriots run the football. This is not a very good running team the Patriots, but the, but the Eagles, uh, the Eagles are, I mean, I think that there's, there's, uh, to me, I think with the blunt, they've got an outstanding, um, power back and a Jay is a good back. So I think they want to run the football. I think that if I'm looking at, uh, the offensive game plan, obviously for the Eagles, it's going to be a mix of the power run with some of the run, uh, pass action off of it. Uh, but I think they want to run the football a little bit more, uh, than they did against Minnesota because I think they want to keep Brady off the field a little more than they were um, fearing keeping Case Keenum on the field last week or two weeks ago.
1: Well, and, and I think that, you know, they're handing the ball off and we're talking about that. And you know what's interesting is that when I watch the – when I, I look at the, the Patriots and I think to myself, they almost have situational running backs – like Dion yes. can do this and but it's not like we're giving the ball to our you know, it's not like a regular place where that's your ball, we're giving you the ball, and somebody might fill in once in a while, but you're the guy we're giving the ball to. They have a million different guys, like we want Dion for this, or we want somebody it's all different things. It's not like this is our running back, you know, it's not like that, the old
2: times. Right. And and they're a big factor <laughs> in the passing game. So whether it's James White or Rex Burkhead or Deion Lewis, who I think is the best of them all, uh, they can all catch the ball out of the backfield. They all mm-hmm. can pick up a blitz, and they all can run the football. And what they want is to be able to get these guys in space a little bit uh, and make plays, and um, they, uh, they put a lot on Brady's plate to check into the right play, and so that's the advantage that they have. That offense is a passing offense, and it's run through Brady, and it's about the horizontal passing game and dumping the ball off to backs When he's healthy, dump it off uh, the tests down the seam with Gronkowski and and obviously try to go vertically a little bit now with Cooks.
1: You know, well, one of the things when you do Eagles and I look at their offensive line, they wouldn't be there unless they have a good offensive line. But what about Jacksonville's offensive line? I could have made a peanut butter and jelly sandwich looking for somebody. (laughs) I mean, their offensive line is enormous. And, you know, and you got Blake Bortles behind you and they're throwing things around. And I'm like, I could, I truly could have made a sandwich back there. I mean, it's unbelievable.
2: You know, in breaking down the tape, one of the things that really, you know, and again, I'm putting this up on the website that that maybe people don't know is that that Blake Bortles really – took them apart. Mm -hmm. I mean, when, when the, when the Patriots tried to blitz, um, you know, they couldn't get home. Jacksonville protected and Bortles made some big time plays. So there is hope. I think for a better offensive line, which the Eagles have a better offensive line than the Jags. I think they can protect well enough for Bortles and open up, excuse me, for foals and open up mm-hmm. enough holes to have some success against his Patriots front. And, and it's going to be a pivotal part of the game. If they can do so, they'll control the game at the line of scrimmage and limit Brady's possessions. And that'll be significant.
1: Do you figure out who's going to win and who isn't going to win? I mean, have well, you seen that yet? Or I yeah, don't know if I, people even ask you that you have so many other yeah, things going on.
2: You know, I, I, I keep looking at it, and the, and I'm I'm working on it as we speak. A series of of breakdowns on the LandryFootball.com. Um, it, I really think the Eagles match up pretty well, and, and I from a pure football standpoint, um, you know, I kind of like the Eagles in the matchup. However, I work with Bill Belichick, and I've known him for 25 plus years. I was on his staff in Cleveland. I've done a lot of work for him in his time uh, in, in uh, New England. I just know how well prepared they're going to be, and I almost feel foolish, babe, picking against the Patriots right, right. and Belichick and Brady. It's like, I, I you know, the, the two games that they lost against the Giants, I still thought there was going to be a way the Patriots are going to find a way to win it, and I kind of feel myself in the same boat. Like the Eagles' matchups, Think they have a real chance to win this? Uh, I see a lot of similarities of what the Giants did, but I am not going to count out Brady and Belichick. Right, I right. Just, it's hard to do it. So my, uh, I guess my my part of my head looking at film and just just looking at the two teams uh, as if I, they didn't have helmets on and I just wasn't mm. looking at the decals. I think you know what? I favor the Eagles in this matchup, but I just have a hard time going up against uh, Belichick and Brady.
1: Do something for me before we go. Do about LandryFootball.com. How do people get in and all that stuff?
2: Well, it's great. Check it out, LandryFootball.com. If you're a football fan, we think it's, uh, it's heaven. Uh, we break <laughs> down the college game, the NFL game, everything during the season. We take it inside the film room. As the season is transitioning into the offseason, we're breaking down free agency, the draft, college football recruiting. In essence, we're your pro personnel department for less than a magazine subscription. We break the game down from a coaching and scouting perspective. We tell you how the player is graded. We tell you where the strengths and weaknesses are, what the teams are looking to do in the offseason. During the season, we break down the game. So it's one-stop shopping football. If you like football, you'll love LandryFootball.com. You can follow me on Twitter at LandryFootball. And if you check it out uh, at uh, LandryFootball.com, we've got some great discounts to take advantage of. Uh, particularly the ones that will take you through the rest of this offseason, draft season, all the way through next season.
1: Uh, let me ask you, this college today said they're looking into that if a coach is fired or go somewhere else, that they may think about letting a player move on and not have to wait a year. How do you feel about that, that college?
2: Well, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see because nothing's definite that's being proposed. Right. I think that there it has some legs to it. There's been a lot of motion to say, wait. If a coach leaves, our coach gets fired, and we're talking the head coach right. now, not his position coach. That it it should create some opportunity. I'm very curious to see how this is going to play out. You know, I, I have mixed feelings about it. I think it's a fair thing, um, although I think a kid should commit to a school. They often commit to the coach that's coaching that school, and I think they do, should have some leeway to leave um, after the coach leaves if they're willing to do so. I think that's fair. I am not in favor of kids just leaving at any point in right, time. Right. I think that's chaos, and I've coached in college, babe, and I know kids after a hard practice want to transfer on Tuesday, right. and on Thursday they want to transfer back. I mean, right. you got to prote- you got to protect them from themselves to some degree. So I'm for it in certain circumstances, and this is one I would definitely consider.
1: I love talking with you. Thank you, Chris. I really appreciate it. Thanks for oh, coming to visit the babe.
2: My pleasure. Enjoy the game and look forward to talking to you again real soon.
0: How are you? I am doing great, Fabulous Sports Babe. I have not heard your voice for a long time, but it's great to hear it again.
1: Now, I don't want to say anything, but like, are you in Vegas? Are you in Minneapolis? Where are you with all of this? And what's it going on right now?
0: Yeah, no, ma'am. I am, and I won't say no, ma'am, during the show. Don't
1: don't call me, ma'am, for Christ's sakes. Jesus, (laughs) God, you know, seriously. Okay. I might just um, have to hang up and, and ignore this and Joe. well, this was my, my thing God, with I'm Brian, sorry. but I said, oh, no, I can't stand it anymore. <laughs> all right, That's go right. on. What are you going to tell me? I can't wait to hear this.
0: Okay. So, all right, I am in Santa Rosa Beach, Florida. I've worked for VegasInsider.com since March of 2000, uh, but I am not based in Vegas, and I am not going to the Super Bowl in Minneapolis.
1: I got um, to tell you something. Remember when it was like 20 years ago and they said, do you want to go to the Super Bowl? And I said, I'm never going to Minneapolis. What are you talking about? And I've gone maybe, to like exactly. to 18 of them. And I said, I'm never going to a Super Bowl in Minneapolis. Go on, though. Go on, Brian. Tell me about how okay. how much
0: fun you're having where you are. But go ahead. Uh, all right. I, so did, did Jason forge you the email with some talking points or no?
1: I don't need any damn talking points. I don't need any. Who's, somebody's going to okay. send me something. I don't need any damn talking points. I want to no, know okay. what the okay, hell let's... is going on there.
0: All right. Okay. So um, with my Super Bowl, first off, you want me to tell you the line and all that? Or are you on top of that already?
1: Oh, I think I might be at four and a half. I think I know that more than anybody. Yes.
0: I okay, might have to gotcha. hang up. I'm the more policy, I'm talking to Brian, okay. the more
1: I'm ready to hang up on him, Jerry. I'm Keep so going, sorry. Brian.
0: Here, let me, Keep let going. Let me put it to you like this. Okay, my Super Bowl strategy every year, and we talk <laughs> about this, is that I like to have a big bet. I call it my sinker swim pick. Ooh. So if you have like a fa- if you have a thousand dollar bankroll, I think you should put seven or eight hundred dollars on your favorite pick, whether that's the Eagles, the Patriots, the over, or the under, and in that in that way. You can play the props for small amounts, and I'd like to recommend doing it for large returns like the props to who's going to win the Super Bowl MVP besides Tom Brady because that's a minus 140 price, or who's going to score the first first touchdown. Or if you really like the Eagles or the Patriots a lot, there are adjusted lines. For example, if you think the Patriots are going to kill them, you can take advantage of that by betting the minus seven and a half at better odds rather than minus four and a half and you can get plus one sixty meaning risk a hundred mm-hmm. to win one hundred and sixty. or you can go minus ten and a half plus plus two hundred and ten, ten minus fourteen and a half plus 3 fifty et cetera, and I have all those odds for the over under and the eagles that I can tell I like to you know do the props where if I win my think or swim bet, I can go 0 and eight on my props and I'm still a big winner for the day <laughs> and so that's kind of that's my strategy. And then if some of the props I like are, and I'm just saying not necessarily do I like them, but their chance to get paid off well is for there to be a safety six to one. Um, is there going to be a two-point conversion attempt? Is plus one forty five a successful two point conversion attempt plus two fifty and things of that nature. And I've got a couple that I like on who will score the first touchdown, if you want to ask about that. And Is there anything else you want me to?
1: I got a million questions. I can get. Well, let me let me just do this because I thought, who are the people that go and do this? Like I look and I say, okay, four and a half. I'm either going to go with one or the other. Blah blah. But the person who sits there and says, oh, I have to see whether or not they're going to be a safety. Oh, I have to see whether or not are these just people that have nothing to do with that, or they just they bet so much here and then you have that other three hundred dollars or two hundred dollars left, and that's what you do because I. Never even think about that. I can barely get over and under together, but I just, right. you know what I mean? And then it's like, I'm like glad I'm doing that, and then I think these people are out there doing, I mean, I the one about the two point was interesting, the safety, one of the things about whether or not uh, uh, Trump is going to be there, whether or not somebody will interview him, I was like, they find, how do you find these
0: things, but you find them. Yeah, I mean, they have everything There is for the Super Bowl. I mean, I think the Celtics play, and I think, like, you can bet uh, something about Kyrie Irving's points in Sunday's game uh, compared to New New England's total points. I mean, they do cross sports. It's for the total degenerates, but I I think it's like, you know, like, let's say – um you're not an alcoholic but you like to drink well on new year's eve you're gonna drink more than you drink all year right. i think just for the super bowl the gamblers are like well you know what it's the super bowl so i can get away with betting on just little anything and everything prop bet but you know i think the best way to go about it is with a strategy strategy with your bankroll like the sink or swim bet and then small prop bets And don't do the one like heads or tails which is doesn't pay you anything you know do do something like alshon jeffrey to score the first touchdown and if i bet uh 20 bucks on it it pays me 240 because it's 12 to 1 odds you know don't do a, a flip of the coin or a uh you know over under on how long the anthem lasts etc you know things of that nature are just garbage to me
1: you know, I'm writing down degenerates because you're the one that brought it up. But they really are like the you brought it up. But it's true, isn't it, Brian? These nuts that will I've got this, but I can't. I've got to find out all this other stuff. And it's like I don't quite you can't just go for like, all right, 700s going on the Eagles or whatever it's going to be. And you got to do these other prop bets. And I forgot. I just I never even thought about that.
0: Yeah, and really, I personally don't do them except for I love to, you know, just put 20, 30 bucks on the odds to score the first touchdown of the game. I just think that's a fun one, and it's, it usually happens in the first quarter, and then you forget about it, and you get back to rooting for your the big bet, which I call the sink or swim bet.
1: Well, the sink or swim bet—we already figured that one out. You know, seven or eight hundred, put it on that, and then use the two hundred to play around with other things that are going on. You know, one of the things that I think about when when you do that, and and what about the fact that it went from six to four and a half? Do you see that in a different way? Do we look at it and go, "Well, it's only four and a half, but if it was six, I might go with the eagles." But now it's four and a half,
0: I change. How do you do that? I mean, do you do well, it differently? No, that's a great question, and. To be honest, I, I think I sort of fumbled the ball. I was just kind of – I mean, I should have just known, look, Gronk's going to be okay. It's two weeks. But, right. <laughs> you know, last week I was thinking, man, you know, six for the Eagles. I'm like, I, I kind of like the right. Eagles. But uh-huh. I was also like, you know, if if Gronk gets, you know uh, – uh, well, no, if he, if he got ruled – out the line would go down okay i guess i was i don't know i was just i I wasn't really sure about gronk so i wasn't ready to bet it and now (laughs) i feel like with gronk probable and the line at four or four and a half it's not gonna go back to six again i don't believe or else i think it already would have um and so i kind of feel like i missed the boat on the eagles and i'm (laughs) I'm kind of undecided on what I'm going to do. And, I, yeah, and, when you know, if you like the Eagles, you could have had it at five and a half, six last week, mm-hmm. and you probably should have had it.
1: Yeah, because now when it gets to four and a half, you look at it in a different way. When you do all of this, and we talk about, Brian, you know, you do all of this stuff and you do this betting thing, and you've been with them for almost 20 years that you've been doing this stuff for uh, the handicapper for Vegas – Insider, by now you should know the Vegas Insider is the only place we go when we want to know what the points are. That's it. But, you know, it it's like I, I just I sort of wonder sometimes, is there a way? Do you just put it down and go, this is the way I want to go? Or do you just do prop bets and things like that? Do you do it here? Are we in the seventh game of the, uh, of the NFL season and you're still doing this much? I'll go on the game, but I'll use this
0: for other Prop bets and things like that. You know? Well, you know they have they have gotten to where they will have prop bets on some regular season games, but it's normally the Sunday night game or the Monday night game. Ah. Like normally, all the during the regular season games on the one o'clocks and the four o'clocks. It, it's rare that you get you get prop bets. Um, they, now they still they do them on Monday nights for sure. Not as many as the Super Bowl, obviously. Where they you know they don't do the cross you know the, the cross sports stuff like I mentioned with Kyrie Irving. You know that that's just Super Bowl, but ne- definitely Monday night they they have a lot of props. Why Monday? Why Brian?
1: Why is it Monday, just Brian? Because, tell me.
0: With, with just because you know Monday night football, is the game stands alone, and the books want to give the gamblers, the, the, the degenerates, right. more options. You know to wager more on the menu, but with one o'clock and four o'clock games, you know they got eight or nine games to choose from. So. You don't really need to give them all that, but, you know, the books are, are if, a, if a gambler's thirsty for action, they want to provide a menu of options for them, and th- they've got time to do that on a Monday. Well, that's interesting. Now, it's totally different on a
1: Monday, so this I'm figuring out, and again, it's the degenerates, which I like, and you have to give it to Brian because he's <laughs> the one that did that. So what do you think is going to happen when it's all said and done and it's 9, 30, 10 o'clock? What's going to happen when you think that – do you think the Eagles – I mean, I like the Eagles in a way, but I don't like them as much as the Patriots.
0: Right. um, Are we on the air already?
1: Yeah, Brian. We're on the radio program. That's what we do now. How did you ever get this guy on this – how did you ever get Brian on this thing, Jerry? He's nuts. He's like like, – he doesn't even know that we're talking to him. Are we on the
0: air? Of
1: course we're on the damn (laughs) air. What's the matter with you?
0: What is the matter okay. with you? I, I like New I like New England better than Philly. If it was a pick'em game, Sports Babe, I would yeah. definitely <laughs> like New England better in a pick'em, But you got to figure it out with the spread. And I I am really kind of undecided. Like I was saying, I think Philadelphia plus six was the play, and we missed the boat. Now, if it were to come down to three, I think I'd be liking New England. But I just don't think it's going to get there. I think we're going to waver between four and four and a half between now and Sunday. I
1: think it's going to be like that, but I'm looking forward to it. And the fact is neither one of us want to be up there where it's freezing cold. So we're going to sit down in Florida and just complain about how cold it is up there and how – I don't want to say anything. I don't want to tell people in Michigan how cold it is in Florida because they don't want to hear about it. I'm sure it's cold where you are anyway. Brian, are we done? And, yes, we were on the air the whole
0: time. I thought we were BS in fabulous sports, babe. Well, we, we're done here if you want, but let me t- can I do I have time to tell you about who I think scores first touchdown? Oh God, please! Yes, of course right. you can. <laughs> well, look, Trey Burton has caught five touchdown passes this year, and he's got forty to one odds. So a small taste of that—nothing wrong with that. And Tory Smith is at twenty-five to one. And you remember the Falcons game—the first play, Foles took a shot deep. They got the pass interference. On Brian Poole, it was a terrible pass by Foles, but Smith had him beat deep. Smith caught the long ball from Flacco in the comeback at Denver in the AFC uh, semifinals a few years back. And then you've got Brandon Cooks at 12-1. to He's caught seven touchdown passes. And Alshon Jeffrey at 12-1. to He's caught nine touchdown passes. And uh, I thought, you know, we mentioned it earlier, I think the successful two-point conversion at plus 250 is worth a shot in your small amount of prop bet.
1: I just love this stuff that he has going on. Brian, we were on the radio program the whole time. Maybe we can do this again.
0: My I apologies, Forbes, well, babe. I thought we were BS, and I hope I did okay.
1: Well, of course you were BS, and that's all I do. That's all I do. Do people go, do you talk to people? I said, no, I only talk to people I want to talk to. I don't talk to anybody unless it's somebody I want to. Now it's kind of up and down with you now, Brian. I'm not really sure. We'll have to see whether or not I want to go. We're into this for 20 minutes. And he goes, are we on the air? And I'm like, yes, Brian, we are on the air.
0: Jesus, Why? God. Anything else you want to tell us? Go ahead, please. Yes, ma yes, if if they like the over or the under, like I said, the adjusted lines, you can get better odds. So if you think it's gonna fly over the forty-eight or forty eight and a half where it is at most books, if that's what a gambler out there that to your show is thinking, you can also go over fifty-four and a half and get paid two to one, or over sixty one and a half and get paid four to one, and over sixty-four and a half and get paid five to one. So that's another way that you can make those your small props. Like if the over is your sink or swim bet, put a couple of your props a little bit on over 54 and a half at two to one, over 61 and a half, four to one. And then you also have this Fabulous Sports, babe. You know, if, it's, if, it's, if they've got like 40 points at halftime and it's looking like it's going to fly over and you've got all these props that paying you two to one and four to one, you can look for hedges, like come back with the under on the second half which might be adjusted to somewhere in the upper 60s, 70s, and you can have all these hedges set up, and maybe it hits right in the middle.
1: You know, I think I'm done with you now, okay, Brian? I've had enough Thank prop bets and stuff me. going. I can't wait till I have to talk to you again the next time around in football. <laughs> Brian, I love you. Thanks for joining us. I really appreciate it, hon.
0: I love you. It was an honor, Father Sports, thanks for having me.
1: How great was that, huh? We love Chris. We love Brian. Kind of weird, but it was fine talking with Brian anyway. Oh, let me just tell you something. I have to go somewhere. I got to tell you something. Anybody that ever sees me knows that I wear glasses, but I don't ever use the glasses. I might, like, if I have to look at something, I might put it on and say, what does that look like? You know, but I don't need it for far away and anything. It's just, you know, as you get 40, you have to turn on these little one. Well, guess what? So I go to the doctor, this is some time ago, and she said, oh, I think you have cataracts. And I said, cataracts? That's what like an old lady gets. And she said, no, but you know, eventually we all get them and all that stuff. And I said, well, to tell you the truth, when I go up to the stoplight, I see two stoplights. And I don't really see one stoplight till I'm about 60 feet away from the stoplight. And she said, really? And I thought, oh, well, I guess I'm going to need glasses or something at some point. So then I wrote to her, or I called her up and I said, Dr. Nance, I got to tell you something. I'm now seeing three stoplights. She said, I think you better come in. So I'm going to get cataract surgery tomorrow. Now, as we know, nothing ever happened to me until I was 38 years old. And then I got cancer at my knees and I had the unfortunate medical incident that took place. And so now I have to go get a cataract. Now, nobody's ever touched my eyes doing anything, and I am a little bit freaked out about this. But they say it kind of knocks you out. Well, that's what I want. I want to be knocked out because I don't want to have to talk to anybody or anything. I just say, send me home. But guess what? I got to wear an eye patch. Oh, you could imagine. Jerry's going to come over. I got this big ass eye patch. He won't stay home. You know, he comes to my house and I say, can't you just stay up there where you live? No, I want to come over to your house. It's like I'm going to do something wrong over here. But anyway. So anyway, as I looked at it, I thought I'm going to have to do that. So I'm going to wear an eye patch, but it's got little holes in it. So that's what you're going to get to see. I get to see. I'm looking at you. So you see, do you like this? This is the hole. It's going to be. Yeah, it's like an eye patch like this. It's like a har. What are those people that do a horror? Anyway. Uh, anyway, I'm going to get this done. We're going to do this Tuesday again next week. I'm going to be wearing an eye patch. And then the next, then they're doing my left eye. No, the left eye's tomorrow. Oh Christ, I hope I don't have the wrong eye. And then they're going to do the other eye next Wednesday. So this is what's going to happen. So you can imagine how much I don't want to do this at all. But, I don't think I can see three lights anymore. I don't think it's really good that I'm driving around seeing three lights. And, you know, I thought it was at night, and then I was, like, looking at it one day during the day, and I said, oh, I see three lights now, too. So they're going to do this cataract thing, and I'm scared to death about it after all. But I bet we'll do something fun a bunch about the Super Bowl. Of course I think the Patriots are going to win. Of course I do. Do I think it'll be tight? Yeah, I don't think this is going to blow anybody out. I think this is going to make you but I just believe in Tom Brady. That's all. Okay, that's me. I'll give it to you. I like the Patriots in this. All right, I am the fabulous sports babe because after all, you put me on this radio influence and somehow if you find me on iTunes and Stitcher and whatever the hell else, you'll find me somewhere because, well, I am the babe.
0: If you know the babe at all, you'll know the show never ends. Follow her on Twitter at Real Sports babe and subscribe to the show on iTunes and Stitcher. This has been The Fabulous Sports Babe on Radio Influence.